coming up on Stu Does America. we got a great interview with Dave Rubin coming up. You're not going to want to miss this one. And you can watch the show, listen to it, find all the links to the formats everywhere at StuDoesAmerica.com. i got to get this rant out, though, before we get to Dave Rubin. Let's do Joe Manchin. Stu Does America. I'm very, very frustrated about something. It's Joe Manchin. This is driving me absolutely crazy. We are watching theater in action. This is theater. Don't believe it. It's driving me nuts. Here is Joe Manchin uh, about the radical, crazy ideas the Democrats have. I, and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching. I want to lay those fears. I want to rest those fears for you right now because when they talk about whether it be packing the courts or ending the filibuster. I will not vote to do that. I will not vote to pack the courts. I think, and I- He's just allaying your fears, don't worry about it. Then you had this tweet from Joe Manchin as well. Uh, He says, defund the police, defund my butt. I'm a proud West Virginia Democrat. We are the party of working men and women. We want to protect Americans' jobs and health care. We do not have some crazy socialist agenda, and we do not believe in defunding the police. This was responded, of course, by AOC's famous tweet, where she is just, she just posts a picture of herself giving the death stare to Joe Manchin as he claps. And what is this supposed to do to you? What does this play so this is because this is just acting. What is this play supposed to communicate to you if you happen to be a middle of the road uh, voter in Georgia? And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, eh, you know, I'm not a huge Republican. I don't, maybe I didn't like Trump all that much or maybe I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Republicans. Maybe I'd vote Democrat, but I'm, I'm scared of the crazy things that Democrats were talking about in the primary defunding the police and packing the court and and making new states up and and getting rid of the filibuster and all these radical, radical things. Well, what is this supposed to communicate to you? Don't worry. If you vote both of the Democrats in and we have a 50-50 Senate, Joe Manchin will be there for you. He'll stop all those things. Where was Joe Manchin saying all of this stuff during the campaign? Why wasn't he on television all the time saying how dumb Democratic ideas were during the campaign? Why wasn't he doing that? Because at that time, it wasn't what was needed for you to see as a viewer of this particular play. This is theater. They are trying to get people who maybe lean right or maybe are in the middle who think AOC's ideas are insane to believe that Joe Manchin is already there to stop all of AOC's ideas. You see, AOC, she's upset. She's upset. She's making stink eye faces at Joe Manchin. And every, you know, almost every conservative I've heard talk about this is laughing at AOC like AOC, Joe Manchin, put it in your face. He's not putting it in her face. This is a situation where they are attempting to falsely communicate to voters in Georgia that it's okay to vote for Democrats because none of this stuff will happen. You'll be okay. Don't worry, Democrats. Here's the situation. When the Democrats need Joe Manchin's vote, they will have it. They will have it. Doesn't matter if it's something extreme. Go back and look at his Obamacare repeal votes. Whatever it is, when they need him, they will have it. This is theater. Don't be fooled by it. Back in a second.
I want to tell you about Fast Blast and how they can help with your intermittent fasting goals. Fast Blast has launched a new app called Fasten. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's a free app, so you can go on your phone right now, uh, go on your computer, uh, go to Fasten uh, and check it out because it, it helps you monitor your weight loss, your hydration, uh, your mood can be tracked. You can put all this information in and it helps you develop a plan to actually lose weight with intermittent fasting. Uh, they have a great social media uh, network um, with Fast Blast as well where a lot of people are there to help you get through those tough times because I'll be honest with you, sometimes you just want to jam an entire pizza on your throat, not the best idea. Uh, you can get with a really good community with Fast Blast, uh, and they can walk you through exactly how to do this. They're, it's not just like not eating. You need to be able to understand how your body works, how your body processes this, when you can eat, when you don't. It's it's really a great way to lose weight, but you got to do your own homework. Uh, go to learn more about fasting with the free uh, Fasten app. It's F-A-S-T-E-N, Fasten. You can do it on your phone right now or go to fastblast.com slash blaze. You can get the smoothies there. You can get all the stuff that they've got plus the Fasten app. Do it today, fastblast.com slash blaze. Happy to welcome to the set the amazing Dave Rubin. He's the host of the Rubin Report right here on Blaze TV and the author of Don't Burn This Book, Thinking for Yourself. What an idea in an age of in the age of unreason uh, available now everywhere. Dave, thanks for coming on the program. Stu, I appreciate the kind words. Amazing. Amazing. Dave Rubin. That, that, this feels, you know, we've got a talk show situation going here. I should pull a bird out of my yeah. jacket or something. Well, <laughs> the amazing. Yeah. I kind of meant it I, in the magician way. You've escaped California. I escaped California. I can also slice a woman in half. Oh, wow. And, uh, Congratulations. Pull a rabbit out of my sleeve. <laughs> so let me start with this. Uh, what's it like to be related to Jennifer Rubin? Ah, uh, you're going right to where Twitter wants you to go. Yeah, yeah. Good God. For the for the thousandth time, I am not related to Jennifer Rubin. I have had to, I have literally had to renounce Jennifer Rubin more times than Donald Trump has had to renounce white supremacy. Wow. That, Is that a, possible? That's a lot of renouncing. Um, yes, Jennifer Rubin, you know, it's odd because, right, everyone knows about sort of my political journey. I was a lefty, and now I would say I'm sort of a new school conservative, mm. and Jennifer Rubin was a conservative, and and now she's sort of like a brain damage left. <laughs> yes, yes. So we just sort of went like this. We're like ships passing in the night, but like really fast. But it's become like this ongoing joke because it's like everything she says is completely bananas. And I have to constantly say, we are not related. I've never met her. I don't know her. <laughs> I guess I would be happy to sit down with her and I would try to see what happened to the right. Rubin along the way, mm -hmm. but I have no relation to So the really, on the side of the aisles, it's kind of even. You just traded one Rubin for the <laughs> Rubin and that's the way that worked. Isn't that some sort of balance in the force? Kind yes, of I think it is. I yeah. think it is. Um, I, it's interesting because I, 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 uh, I, as a, um, I'm a Fiona Apple fan. I love Fiona Apple. And uh, this, which is a very, very random yeah, thing. That, that is a random to, to stay, But I do love her. I love her. Right. She's so talented. I love her. Yeah. And is she still out there doing she, that, yeah, the she, thing? She's, she's still... going to win the best album uh, Grammy, I bet. Is you, that this right? Year. Yeah, she came right. with now album this year. So, but like what I've always been fascinated about, I've seen the same thing happen with Glenn. Yeah. Right? There's this one defining moment in your life, right? And Fiona Apple made a speech when she was like 18 years old at like the MTV Video Music Awards. And every article written about Fiona Apple from then to now has to talk about how she said ah. some stupid crap a billion years ago. Glenn, same thing. He called the president a racist in 2010 or whatever that was. With you, it's like I feel like every interview with you that I see <laughs> is like, you used to be a liberal. You used to be on the Young Turks. Yeah. Is there a part of that that's just bothersome talking about that anymore? 
Well, I'm over it. I can yeah. tell you, I, I can tell you <laughs> that awesome. much, right? Like, I am over it. I think people know the story, and I think the fact that I was open about the story, and, and not, not even open about the story, open about the steps along the way that, mm. that ultimately made the story. That, that's why people ask me about it, and I think, I think that clearly the thing that I was talking about, about the craziness with the left and all that, it was sort of fringe when I was talking about yeah. it five years ago. That's why people picked up on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But then now it's like burst forth for, for everyone to see. But to directly answer your question, yeah, it's like in a weird way, it's like the least interesting thing I think that, that can be asked of me, but I understand why people do it because it, it frames the rest of it, right? Yeah. So I, I get why people do it, but yeah. But, <laughs> but it's like anything else, you, you know, you don't wanna be the band 30 years later just doing your greatest hits, mm -hmm. right? You know, this is where you bust out the new stuff and the audience boos, right. but, but, but I hope that <laughs> yeah. my new stuff and I think that my new stuff is, is perhaps more important because of that first chapter of the story. Yeah, yeah, it really is an interesting story. I can understand why people ask about it. Um, you know, uh, you look at- uh, That was your way of asking me about it while also not asking me about it. Very clever. Very that's, clever. that's what we do here. Yeah, we're very, yeah, yeah. very, very clever. I know now yeah. my question's gonna be, every time I do an interview, they're gonna be like, are you really a Fiona Apple fan? Yeah, like, that's well now be, I know. When you I know. have you on my show, we're gonna mostly focus on Fiona Apple, all right. I'm fine with that, anytime, yeah. anytime. Um, so let me talk about like the state of affairs here between the left and the right. Yeah. Because, you know, I, my wife has, is a, was a big, pretty big Trump supporter, pretty out there Trump supporter talking about it on social media and stuff. And she actually like lost friends over this, oh, yeah. you know, like people she was friends with for 10, 15 years, people who were at our wedding. Um, she actually lost friends over it. And, and I guess maybe part of it is like maybe because we're in the middle of this and this is our business that I don't I don't feel that way. I would never like not want to be friends with someone because of their political views. I might try to convince them, but I, you understand that there are limits to that, right? You want to show respect to your friends when you do those things. Is that, is it because, what's the reasoning for this? Why well, is this happening to well, us? Well, first off, I don't, I actually don't think, I can't speak for you, but I don't think that your tolerance comes from being a public person in all of this. Mm -hmm. Your tolerance comes from something else, which is the answer to your question, which is that, Everyone that I know now on the right, on the scary right, the yeah. scary mean <laughs> conservatives, Evil, yeah. not only are they nice and smiley and more generous and pleasant to be around and less judgmental and all of those things, but they also have another framework besides politics that they live through, whether that's a religious framework mm -hmm. or some sort of philosophical framework. But if you just wake up every day without a framework so that the only framework you have is what happened today. What is happening in current events? And how many Democrats voted on this? And how many Republicans voted on this? And wait a minute, that guy was a hypocrite when he was for the other policy last time and the judge this time. And what that will keep you in is in a constant state of sort of hysterical lunacy. And that's why so many people on the left are hysterical lunatics. Mm. But this concept of, of tolerance of other opinions well, first off, if you have that other philosophical belief, and, and generally I think it has to be a, a religious belief, but, but it could be, it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It really doesn't have to be. You, I think at a micro level, if you just were to incorporate true enlightenment values into your life, I think you absolutely can live a good, decent life. And I know many people that are non-believers that do that. I don't think it can work at a macro level, meaning I don't think a society over the long haul can organize purely on secularism. Without having that real foundation. Yeah, and this is what Jordan Peterson and, and Sam Harris had many debates over, and, and clearly I fall in the, the Jordan, Jordan Peterson camp of that. That being said, at the micro level, I think Sam is a, is a totally moral and, and mm -hmm. decent good guy. So, so that aside, if you don't have that, 
Well, you know, Ben Shapiro's line about facts don't care about your feelings. The reason that line caught on was that that is the divide. There's a certain set of people who have a framework that they look at the world in, and then they can look at facts and go, okay, what's working, what's right? But the other people who view the world sort of purely at the feelings level, how do I feel? I want to help poor people. Let's give them money. And then you say, well, do you know what the what the uh, actual result of giving them these handouts is. Mm -hmm. You keep them in a cycle of poverty. And then th there's a million other versions of this, you know, free education, but it's not free and it doesn't mean the education is good and $15 minimum wage, well, what right does the government have to do that? And it's gonna raise prices on everything. Sure. But they, what they don't like is the second order of things. They like the initial thing that makes them feel good. They, they like the initial hit. <laughs> The first hit, they like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then they don't realize that if you keep puffing that thing, you end up pretty stupid. And, and I think that's sort of where they are. And that is what I sort of see as the, the left-right divide. It doesn't mean that everyone on the right is right about everything, you know? But I know that whatever our political differences are, we can talk about them. And this, this conversation, or if we went out to dinner tonight, it doesn't end with you standing up from the table, you know, throwing down and, and getting out of there. Well, unless they, they don't bring the right food. Then. Or if they're not wearing a mask. Right, yeah, yeah of course. Because <laughs> um, I, I, we were, it's interesting, this time is a very divisive time. But I, I really felt there was a foundation here for everyone to sort of agree on a basic set of facts, right? Yeah. Like, for example, the George Floyd thing happens. And every conservative I know said everybody. that was really bad. Everybody. That was really bad. And we, th this is not, you know, look, we can disagree on some of these police incidents, but that one looked really, really bad. And, and if, you know, we want that to be, we want justice to be served there. And then I thought the other side of that would be everyone could come together and say, yes, the George Floyd thing was bad, but also burning down targets are bad. I, I really, even to this day, I've, I've been doing this a long time. Dude. Wow, you're a glutton for punishment, yeah, right? yeah. Or, 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 or you believe in the better angels of people to the extent that no matter how many times they show you what they are, you still do that. That's an admirable quality, by the way, at, at some level. But I'm just really dumb and naive. No, because, <laughs> well, I would say that uh, because I was in the lefty machine, I've become very sensitive to the lefty mm. machine. So I know what they mean, where, where perhaps as, as someone that wasn't part of it, you're like, oh, but I'm a good person and there are good people out there and I must believe there are right. good intentions, you know, <laughs> yes, something like that. Me. That, that yeah. is an admirable <laughs> thing to have. But I think over time, I, I think you've probably come to the re realization <laughs> anyway, but over time, you know, you start realizing, man, when they say something, you know, property damage is not violence. Words are violence. So literally they will tell you words are violence. So meaning if you call someone whatever, that's violence. And that could be, they want you to be prosecuted under the law. And by the way, they're going to be all over the First Amendment under a Biden administration and everything else. Um, but then they'll tell you burning down a store isn't violence because it's not violence against person and there's insurance and all of these things. And it's like, well, first off, that's just nonsense. Like, so let's just acknowledge that it's nonsense. But also, you know, if you spent your life to own a restaurant or a small shop, whatever it might be, like it's your life, it is your work. Anyone that's a small business owner knows this, like you put in blood, sweat and tears, something like 90% of first year restaurants don't make it anyway in mm -hmm. normal times. And then, and then a, a group of crusading jackals runs through your town and destroys your business. Was it violence, yes or no? And if you need to think about that, if you need to parse that, well, it depended who did it and why did they do it and when did they do it and did they have the right sign when they did it? Yeah. No, it's violence. It is violence. And either 
You know, when Trump used to say either we have a country or we don't, he was talking about immigration, but, but either we have laws or we don't. And, and oddly, we seem to have about 75 million people in this country, if, if the results are to be uh, mm-hmm. expected, that don't really think that laws are important. But good luck with that. Yeah, you know, I, it's come so far. And, I and you talked about this, that it would eventually spin out of control yeah. and people would recognize it. And I don't know if we're there yet or if it's on the way there. You know, I, I remember thinking like Matthew Iglesias was one of the craziest people in the universe uh, from the left. And now here he is leaving his own organization because he uh, had the gall to say free speech was OK. Right. So and, and he's even saying, like, you know, I, I can't work in a place where people say a differing opinion is violence. You, how could you? You can't work with people who think you're being violent when you disagree with them. Stu, watch me do something sarcastically here. I'm so thrilled that all of these people who have spent the last couple of years calling me racist are now just repeating what I've been saying over mm. the years. Glenn Greenwald, who's repeatedly called me a racist, has now mm. woke up to the lunacy of the left. Matt Iglesias at Vox is where he just left, uh, has called me a racist and a bunch of other things. Like these people that, but you know, even we're seeing someone like Andrew Sullivan, he's never said anything about me as far as I know, but a lefty now waking up to it, Matt Taibbi, another guy waking up to it. Well, it's great you're all waking up to it. Barry Weiss at the New York Times waking up to it. This is all wonderful. But there may be another piece that you guys have to do here, which might involve apologizing to a couple people. I don't mean that they have to send me a letter like, mm-hmm. Dave, I'm so sorry to you. But I have no doubt that they have done all sorts of things to all sorts of people, including Glenn Beck and, and a series of other people on the right, where they've called them racist and tried to destroy them. And now they see the monster coming for them. And now suddenly, oh, now, now we have a problem. It wasn't really a problem when it was coming for those scary right-wingers. <laughs> all right. But if you're, if you're going to hang out the people to drive before you, then you can only expect it's going to come for you, too. So I think that perhaps they need a little bit, of a, a little bit more of a mea culpa, that, and I suspect we won't really see it, unfortunately. I mean, this is the way the world is interesting, right? I mean, it's not interesting if every time someone says something you disagree with, you shut them down or you just call them racist. Yeah. You know? and, and that it, how do you have interesting conversations with people? People. How do you learn things? I know I, you've talked about you changing on issues. I've changed on issues before. That is part of how you grow and how you learn. They don't want that to happen anymore. I mean, the fact that we're pulling off, you know, Aunt Jemima's face off of pancake yeah. boxes. The first, wasn't she the first black female millionaire in the United States? I know, I, yeah, I know it was reported. Pretty sure I'm not making wealthy. that up. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. definitely very wealthy. And, you know, as we pointed out earlier, you know, Aunt Jemima over-indexes among African-Americans. The people who buy Aunt Jemima are African-Americans. And here we are, these uh, very smart white people, making sure these African-Americans know they should not buy those racist pancakes. But also, what did we accomplish? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, you have two days of outrage. A company has to do something that you know it's against. Mm-hmm. Then you, you erase the history of this woman <laughs> and all that. And then what are we left with? Are, are we... Are we 0.2% more tolerant now as a society? I would argue we're less tolerant tolerant. now as a society. They literally, I joked about this on my birthday. I sent out a tweet and I said, please, for my birthday, because it was right, remember there was that two week span where we were canceling everything? Aunt Jemima, Lando Lakes, Uncle Ben. You know, (laughs) we're canceling everything. Only white people are allowed on boxes now. I know, brilliant. Well, that's what it is because these people ultimately end up being, making the same arguments as the white supremacists. Mm -hmm. I tweeted out on my birthday, for my birthday, all I want is that Hulu will not cancel the episode. Oh, no, I said TV Land. I don't want TV Land to cancel the episode of the Golden Girls where uh, 
where Rose and Blanche are in blackface, but they're not in blackface. They're wearing face masks, and it's a very funny scene right. because Dorothy's son is marrying a black woman, and they talk all about race, and they do it in a funny way, yeah, and, the yeah. and they do get married at the end, and, and yeah. all the families come together. It's a beautiful thing from 1987. Mm -hmm. So I said, please, all I want for my birthday, TV Land, don't cancel it. The next day, Hulu canceled the episode. Oh, so no. They took, so now there's, I don't know, 250 episodes of The Golden Girls. Hulu only has 249 because that episode was so clearly deeply offensive by Betty White, <laughs> America's grandmother. That's how idiotic this all is. That's amazing. I've had this thought over and over again when these controversies bubble up to tweet like, you know, well, what about this episode? If it's no, I know, and I know. Every Seinfeld gone. Yeah, Seinfeld every gone. Seinfeld. Again, it's like, gosh, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid they'll listen to it. I blame myself. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, owe, I owe the estate of Rue McClanahan some money. You do, you residuals. do. Uh, Dave Rubin, I'm going to be back with him in just a minute. Back with Dave Rubin, host of The Rubin Report and author of Don't Burn This Book, Thinking for Yourself in, in an Age of Unreason. Why did you write that book? Because I'm a glutton for punishment, man. <laughs> yeah. um, well, in many ways, it was me putting the, the final pin in the question that you asked me earlier about, about why I left the left stuff. It was me saying, okay, that's that story. We're, we're done with that. But what I really wanted to lay out were the principles that I believe in. And then I, I do lay out my, most of my public political positions um, virtually all of them, actually. But I wanted to show people, you don't have to agree with me with all of these things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in a country where everyone would agree with me on all of these things. And I suspect as the years go by, I may still change on some of these things. But that using the lens of classical liberalism, which is, which is uh, individual rights and logic and reason and the light touch of government, basically the principles that founded this country, which are now thought of as conservative, that if you use that lens to view the world, you'll figure out some pretty sensible policies. And then of course, I called it Don't Burn This Book because I knew that the digital book burnings were coming, and by the way, they did come because they organized on Reddit and wherever the underground losers are mm -hmm. to destroy our Amazon reviews and everything. And it's like, man, you guys are actually proving the point. We're not quite in 1936 Germany where we're gonna put a bunch of books in a bonfire, but if, if hundreds of people coordinate to, to destroy a book's review so other people can't see that book or won't buy that book, well, it's the same idea. That's yeah. why you're burning them. So it was, it was a digital burning, but they proved the very theory of the point. And the, and the book's done really well. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely has. Big yeah. bestseller. But yeah. Clarence Thomas made that point. It's a, it's a digital link, lynching. It's a digital right? lynching, It's right. a very, very similar uh, concept. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting watching that because there's no need for people to act that way. Right. Yeah. There's no need for people to be able to 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 stop someone else from reading a book. I don't feel like and I could be this does happen, I guess, maybe with certain types of art in the past. It's happened. But I don't feel like conservatives ever have this this passion to stop people from consuming an idea. Well, I so, want to try so, to convince people not that it's wrong, but yeah. I, I never want to stop people from looking at it. So I would say this is one of the things that's kind of cyclical. And, and conservatives are having a really nice moment related to free <laughs> speech and free expression and all that. But it isn't always the case, sure. right? The, the free speech movement at Berkeley was a liberal, was a lefty liberal movement. You know, so for more for our 
age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was only 20 years ago that it was conservatives mostly that were fighting to get Mortal Kombat out of video game stores because there was blood in it. And if you remember, Sega Genesis decided to leave the blood in Mortal Kombat and Super Nintendo took the blood out. I had to have watched the Blake Harris movie or read the book. I I read the book. I read the book and I've chatted with Blake. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, he goes through that whole thing. I mean, that was a big controversy at the time. Not only a big controversy, but you know what it did? By the conservatives clamping down on, oh, we don't want violence in video games because it's going to make people more violent, which, by the way, there's no evidence that that's no. true. There's actually evidence that it's that it's false in that you exercise some of your violent tendencies or your aggression, and then you feel more okay after. Uh, but it also drove sales. I mean, this is what Blake writes about in the book, in the console wars. It drove sales of Sega Genesis sky high, because everyone was like, I want the blood, and those dorky conservatives are the ones that won't let us have the blood. Yeah. So, so it is cyclical, but I would say right now, as it stands, there, there's l- simply no comparison yeah. uh, to how liberals, lefties, talk about and behave on free speech versus the way conservatives do. Yeah, I will say in the in the documentary at least that they did feature Joe Lieberman quite a bit. Yeah, a Democrat. He was a Democrat. He uh, later <laughs> became a kind of independentish. He never actually, did. He never become a Republican. I don't think he became a Republican. He did speak at the McCain. Yeah. He was almost McCain's VP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think McCain ended up really regretting that. So I'm, I'm walking a thin line there. I, I guarantee you, it's not my best argument. I'll, I'll admit to. No, no, well, it just is. It's, it, it's yeah, like, it's it like cyclical, most things. Though. Most things are cyclical. You know, you take progressives come in and they progress us to the point of oblivion, and then conservatives <laughs> have to scale it back, and then and then that can become too powerful too. And what you want, uh, this is something that Jordan Peterson always said when we were on tour, and I really took it to heart is that even if you're a pure conservative, you believe in every conservative ideal that there is, you want some tension between liberalism and conservatism mm-hmm. because that's what a society should have to remain healthy. And what's happening now is the, the, the liberalism, the progressive side of this thing has snapped. And how long can conservatives kind of stay sane without a, with, with their counterpart being bananas? And I don't know what the answer to that is. You bring up, I think, an interesting thing that's been bouncing around uh, conservatism quite a bit over the past couple of years, this sort of debate between uh, rights-based conservative yeah. and, uh, conservatism and common good conservatism. And, you know, I tend to be on the rights-based side. Mm-hmm. You just describe yourself as a classical uh, liberal, so I would say you'd be there too. Yeah. Libertarian, though, has become kind of a bad word, I feel like, lately. I think it's sort of become useless in, in an odd sense, Unfor- and that's unfortunate. But I think, you know, Gary Johnson, I don't want to blame it all on him, but, yeah. you know, he was a pretty terrible candidate four years ago when there really was a nice window. Yes. And, and I supported him, by the way, and I said in the video when I said I'm supporting Gary Johnson, it was in the summer before the presidential debates, and I said, I'm supporting him so that he can maybe get to the debate stage once. And I was like, I was very upfront. I was like, he's not gonna be a great debater, so Hillary will outsmart him, and Trump will beat him, you know, right. just over the head with, yeah. with whatever. But like, let's at least get a couple libertarian ideas out there. I think what's happened to libertarians now is Trump has done almost as good of a job on the libertarian side as you can get out of a mainstream candidate in that he kicked even COVID stuff to the states, which I think was the right thing to do. He's gotten rid of a ton of regulation. He didn't get us in wars. He cut taxes. These are libertarian things. Now, did he do big spending packages too? He did, so nobody's perfect and he doesn't describe himself as a libertarian. 
But I think what's happened is the split in the libertarians now is either you can be sort of nothing purist libertarians and vote for a Joe Jorgensen or just, just be the purist version. And by the way, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a perfectly lofty thing to do. I, I, don't, yeah, I actually right. don't judge those people and I love going to libertarian events and chatting with them about, you know, libertarians will talk about ideas till, till one of your heads explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it always whittles down to driver's licenses. And then next thing you know, you got five people yelling at each other over driver's licenses. Yes. But, but I think Trump... I think where the future of libertarianism is, and this is where I would say I'm, I'm part of this, I think, you're, I think you're saying something similar. If conservatism is to truly be a wide tent, then you're gonna have your sort of religious conservatives on one side, right? You're gonna have your, your sort of mainstream conservatives here, and then I think you'll have your more libertarian conservatives here. By the way, a guy by the name of Rudy Giuliani, who at one time was the front runner to be the Republican presidential nominee, yeah. you know, 10 years ago or so, uh, pro-gay marriage and has been for at least a decade mm-hmm. and pro-choice. He's, no one doubts whether Rudy Giuliani's a conservative or not. He obviously is. So I would say he fits a little bit into that bucket of this thing. And, and that's a healthy space, by the way. It's saying, hey, we kind of agree on the big stuff mm-hmm. and let's figure out the marginal stuff so we can keep growing this thing. Yeah, I, you know, I think what worries me a little bit about just the approach toward government, because I think we're seeing now a little bit of, on the Republican side, a little bit of a pushback toward what you were talking about earlier with government kind of coming in and censoring mortal combat, right? Like the, uh, the idea then was that violent video games are bad and we can all agree that they're bad. And then therefore we have to do some editing of the society right. to prevent that from getting to kids or whatever else. And I think later on we kind of find out, well, there's no real evidence that they're bad. We, yeah. That was probably the wrong call at the time. And I, I'm seeing a little bit of, of falling back into that a little bit. You know, like when we covered the 2008 election and we were in New York City, and we had to walk, you know, middle of the night, it's 2 a.m. We had to walk from one side of the city to the other to where we were staying. And there were people like celebrating in the streets. Then 2016 happens and people are crying in the streets. Yeah. And then you saw what happened just the other day. People are celebrating once again. You, your government shouldn't be powerful enough to, to elicit those sort of feelings out of you. And yeah. I, we keep going down that road further and further. That is the negotiation that every free person has to make. That, that, that's the exchange you should make to live in a free society, that if you wanna truly live in a free society, then you have to scale back the government's power. So when the guy you don't want is in, he can't do much bad. But the exchange is mm-hmm. that when the guy you hate is in, he also can't do much bad. You know, or the guy you want yeah. can't do too much good and the other guy can't do too much bad, obviously. And if you make that exchange, I think that's how you'll have the most maximally flourishing society. We seem to have foregone that, and not only foregone it, but we've also, at this point, outsourced so much of the responsibility of government to the president, where in effect what we're gonna see is a Congress that will never do anything, never do anything, but a president who will only do things by executive action, and then four years later it'll all be reversed. And we're already seeing that right now. Uh, Trump reversed a lot of Obama stuff by executive action because it was not done legislatively. Well, now it's gonna happen. Biden's already telling you all the things he's gonna reverse that Trump did, and then if Biden hopefully is only a four-year president, if that's to be, uh, the next president will come in and reverse all that. And then we'll just be governed by these four-year decrees, basically. This sounds like a bad idea, Dave. Doesn't sound like a great idea. Okay. Doesn't <laughs> okay, sound good, like good. a great idea. Um, let me go to uh, cancel culture. Yeah. Okay? And this is certainly something you talk about in your book and, and yeah. you've talked about extensively. We have this thing going on where you say this one wrong thing 
and you are dragged for it. Yep. You're going to get the crap beaten out of you. And this is one of the reasons I hate social media. I always, every time you come on and you talk about your, your, uh, your, I, I want to call hiatus. it oasis. I want to call it oasis. Yeah. Uh, but yes, hiatus from yeah. social media. Every, I'm, I'm always very jealous of it because I don't feel good when Still, I'm on it. You can do it too. I know. I know. You I know. can do it too. I, 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 you know, I really should. I really want to. Yeah. Um, it, is there a turnaround? I mean, I feel like there is a fundamental structural issue with social media that this is just what it is. It's people at their worst doing their worst to each other as often as possible, which brings them joy, which brings them back to the table to do it all over again. I don't see in myself. I, I think the the answer is just not being on it. Is there another answer? Yeah. Well, basically, you're asking me what the meaning of life is, because what, you, what you're saying is <laughs> yeah. what you're saying is what is human nature? Like right. if we are given these tools to exchange thoughts with each other and it always turns out that all we try to do is actually destroy each other, <laughs> yeah. then what is it that humans are actually doing? You know, there's a couple of ways we could go deep on that about just sort of there's a certain amount of lack of purpose that people have now that leads them to be doing this type of stuff. Um, what I would say is social media in effect is a tool. So, uh, you know, with a hammer, you can, you know, hammer in a nail to help build a house or you can smack somebody over the head and kill them. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with it. The same thing as fire. Fire can keep your home warm if it's controlled properly or it can burn your home down. And, and that is what social media is. It, it is a thing and it's up to you to decide how to use it. But the cancel culture part of this, I would say, is, is sort of particularly nefarious because there's something about mob mentality that causes people to go crazy and you sense a little blood. And now it's not like when you mob somebody online, there's no cost to you because you're probably a pink anime avatar of a fox or something. Mm -hmm. So there's no cost to you as opposed to in the old days, if you were out on the street in a mob and you were you're looking hunting down the witches, you, you could, I don't know, you could stub a toe. You, yeah. might, you might, somebody, the mob might turn on you. Right. But now there's this sort of anonymity added to it that I think makes it all that much more toxic. Yeah, and I go back and forth with this because I know uh, there's this debate going on about whether we should pass laws to restrict the way that, you know, so, so, social media companies are handling you know, political speech and all these things. And it's a, it really, I think it's an interesting debate and it kind of goes into the conversation we were talking about earlier. But I keep coming back to the same thing, which is, no matter what, at some level, you're going to have people like this making decisions. Yeah. And we're never going to like the decisions. Nope. They're always, we're always going to be, conservatives are always going to be on the losing side of them. So why do we give all this power to Twitter? Why do we give all this power to Facebook? We, they didn't demand we go there. We just went and we keep going back in there and they keep slapping us in the face and we keep coming back for more. Yeah, keep coming back for more. Well, I would say that ultimately it will take a mass exodus. Nobody forced us, as you're saying, nobody forced us to be on there. We all got on there. But then at some point, you know, if you realize that the platforms that you use, the technology you use to get your message out there is totally incongruent with how you live or the things that you care about, or you feel like you're being cheated, or if you knew that if every time you played a baseball game, you lose three to two every single time, and then you found out that the umpire actually is rooting for the other team and no, you know, he calls balls and strikes differently depending on what color uh, the jersey is. Well, you might do something else. You might go, I'm not gonna play this game anymore. I'm gonna build my own field somewhere else and invite some people there. So there are interesting things happening. You know, I started Locals.com and Dan Bongino started Parlor, and there are some interesting things happening, but I think this is a weird moment of collectivism for the right. We have to figure out, well, where are we going to play these games? And and I think perhaps if if Trump is to lose here and he, and he was to bolt Twitter and, and say I'm going somewhere else, maybe that's the off ramp. Yeah, that's it. Let me give you some examples of cancel culture before you leave. Yes. 
You tell me, are these legit cancels or are, were they wrong? Okay. Okay. Right or wrong? J.K. Rowling. No, it's completely illegitimate. All she said is that men and women have different biological properties. This is true. We all know this. I, I don't want to get in trouble here, but no. men have penises. Women have vaginas. They do? I've always wondered about that. Yeah. Thank you for filling me in. I, I uh, biology. It's <laughs> great. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, should he have been canceled? Uh, he, had a, he had a blackface skit he did on yeah. Saturday Night Live. He, oh, he did blackface, and Jimmy Kimmel also did Jimmy blackface. Jimmy Kimmel did too, yeah. Um, should he have been canceled? No, I don't need him canceled, but, but this is the same type of person, especially in the case of Kimmel, but Fallon too, where you call everybody else racist, and then, of course, it turns out you're the one in blackface. Mm. An awful lot of lefties are in blackface. It's very rare you <laughs> it find. It's really... Why do you find the conservatives in blackface? Very strange. No, very, very strange. strange. Uh, Louis C.K.? No, of course not. Should he, should he have had to... Um, apologize to the women that he did this to. I suppose he mm-hmm. should privately apologize to them. But, I, but I'm not, you know, I think my answer is probably going to be no on all of these people because okay. canceled meaning you are going to be expunged from society and unable yeah. to work yeah. and all these things. No, he did some, some sexually inappropriate stuff. Um, and, and it's up for him to figure out how to make amends. And then if he has an audience that wants to you know, watches stand up and the rest, then so be it. As for Alyssa, this they have Harvey Weinstein on here. I'm pretty sure you're going to say Harvey yeah, Weinstein. Well, probably. Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he did yeah. he did truly illegal right. and horrible yeah. and and stuff that that came with all sorts of retribution and uh, and and abused power in in extraordinary ways. Um, so should he be allowed back in civil society? I mean, I'm, personally, I'm not a gatekeeper. I, right. I, I don't, that's not the seems position. Like behind bar but, situation but, for him, but it seems but. like he was raping people. Yes, yes, so, so, right. So yeah. that's, yeah, if you're doing, there's a difference between breaking the law and, and just saying something. Right. You know, the people that get canceled because they worded something strangely or in J.K. Rowling taking an obvious position that's just not politically popular, that, that's very different than the people that are raping people and then yes. pay the price for Massively it. Massively different. Okay, yeah. let me give you one more. We made clean that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one more that might yeah. be a little bit of a tester. Nick Cannon. Now, Nick Cannon talked about, I mean, really yeah, anti-Semitic some, things, yeah. really, really awful things to me. That's a... I, you know, to me, I don't want to add that speech anywhere near anybody. But right. on the other hand, do you, I mean, well, what well look, he repeated a lot of stuff that Farrakhan says all mm-hmm. the time. And, and so, you know, this is one of the odd things on Twitter where it's like they'll ban people for strange things. But then Farrakhan, even though he spouts all this stuff, they decided we're going to keep him on. We're just going to remove his blue check. Right. Like we're, yeah, oh, you don't. You want to kill half the Jews? Nah, we're going to take away your blue check. <laughs> you are no longer verified. Right, sir. like that'll show you. Um, so we Nick, only didn't verify Hitler. That way, may have that, we, we turned the whole war around. He might have. Right, because right? you feel like less. No, he would have been doubly Hitler without <laughs> yeah, the verification. Yeah, yes. They're always. They always want the blue check. Um, I would say in the case of Nick Cannon. That, you know, in effect, he was just repeating sort of like conspiratorial anti-Semitic stuff that Farrakhan's been doing. This is where, remember when Roseanne Barr was also canceled because she made that silly joke about Susan Rice? And I know Roseanne. Roseanne is, to say Roseanne is racist is the most patently absurd thing Mm. ever. This woman has been a trailblazer of equality forever. You know, the first gay kiss that was ever on television was Roseanne on her show. Yeah. that doesn't prove she's not a racist, but I'm just telling you the yeah, woman's not a racist. But what I said when Roseanne got canceled is the exact same thing that I would say about Nick Cannon, which is I don't. I would prefer that these people not be taken out, and especially in the case of Roseanne, I know she meant it as a joke, where he didn't mean it as a joke. He just has some bad ideas that he's been infected with. If the company you work for decides to get rid of you, well, then... 
as long as you're not being slung away to jail and all of the other stuff, then, then, then our system in an odd way is working. That's the uncomfortable truth around cancel culture and capitalism mm -hmm. and everything else. If, if, it's a private if, company making that decision. If, right, now what I would prefer is that private companies be a little braver. So really yeah. the, the way to answer the Nick Cannon one is, I don't want him to be fired for that. I want the guy to hopefully learn more because by the way, if you fire the guy for having bad ideas, do you think when he's now the next day, Right. The Jews had me fired. Exactly. You're going you're to have a you very know. talented anti-Semitic out on the street complaining that Jews did it to him. Right, exactly. Right. And, and so that's where you got to be careful what you wish for. So I would prefer that none of these people be canceled. And, and the more things, I think, ultimately, that you leave to the market. Roseanne had the number one show on television. Yeah. And they said, you're, you're out because you made one slightly bad joke. Slightly bad joke. That's not, I would let the market decide. It's not only a bad way to run a civilization, it's also just a boring one, right? Like oh, it's it, a horrifically you, boring you, one. This is why comedians can't be funny on the left anymore. We're going, I'm taking you way too long here. We're running out of time. Uh, Dave right. Rubin, host of the Rubin Report. Uh, I could talk to the you for amazing. all day, man. The, oh, yeah, the amazing Dave Rubin uh, and the amazing and for book. my final trick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't burn this book, Thinking for Yourself in an Age of Unreason. Thanks very much for uh, stopping by. Don't miss a minute of Dave's uh, great content with your own Blaze TV subscription. Just head to blazetv.com slash do. Use the promo codes, too. That's how they know you like this stupid show, and you'll save 30 bucks. Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Stu, my pleasure. All right, back in a second. When you are buying a new home, Dave just bought a new home. I, I mean, Dave just, just bought a new home. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Having a crappy real estate agent makes that a terrible, terrible process. Horrific, yes. horrible thing. <laughs> you have to have a good real estate agent. And so many people just kind of like look at a, a bus bench that they pass by and like their picture is kind of there and like a homeless guy sits up and you see a picture of a face and then you call the number. That's a terrible way to, to figure out who's gonna manage your most important financial transaction of your life. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is Glenn's company. He started this many years ago because he went through an experience with a terrible real estate agent and he wanted to improve the process for everybody. And I think this works, this is the best way to do it. They screen all the agents for you. You can find the best agent in your area. Real Estate Agents I Trust is the place to go to find the best agent in your area, whether you're buying a home or you're selling a home. This is the time. It's a weird time. I don't even know if you're allowed out of your home to go look at homes anymore. You got to have a good real estate agent on your side. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. A couple stories you need to know about. First of all, Turkmenistan has a brand new gold statue. This is, this is the only place you come for Turkmenistan news. A giant dog statue. It's, you know, just the 19 feet. I'm a little disappointed, only 19 feet tall. Uh, it's a giant gold statue, 19 feet tall. Now, sure, there's countries in poverty and everything else, but obviously the right thing to do was for Garbangali Berde Muka Madoff to, uh, that's the president, uh, the leader of Turkmenistan, to build a giant 19-foot statue. Uh, so that, you got that going on for you. Also, uh, Peter Sutcliffe, he is the uh, murderer, known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Uh, he is dead. Why is he dead? COVID-19. Died of COVID-19. Uh, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where you kind of sit around this weekend, you think, ah, oh, gosh, I can't do anything right. Uh, you, know, head, you know, keep your chin up, because sometimes even coronavirus gets one right. Glint has made gold a real alternative 
currency. Wouldn't it be cool? Like we always talk about the gold standard. What if you could put yourself on your own personal gold standard? That's what Glint does. Basically, you put money into your account and you actually will buy gold. And then that gold, I got a little card right here, is available on like a normal MasterCard. So like you could invest in gold, but still have access to that money. Glint card accounts are FDIC insured up to $250,000. And the gold you own is kept safe and allocated to you in a Brinks vault in Switzerland. So you're actually investing in real physical gold and you're getting the, you know, the benefit of that investment. And at the same time, you can, you can spend it. So like you can pay for like a Slurpee with gold. It's really cool. Glintpay.com slash stew. G-L-I-N-T pay.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Glintpay.com slash stew. Pay with gold and put yourself on your own personal gold standard. Got new reviews on iTunes. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Oasis of Truth. This is my ultimate daily Oasis of Truth. I just love this stupid show. Five freaking stars. I discovered Stu and Glenn during the Rona lockdown. Love the content, truthfulness, and comedy. Got the wife hooked, too. Very good. Five freaking stars. Five freaking stars. I mean, he's not in the Radio Hall of Fame or anything, but, you know, it's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. And Stu is great. Whatever. Best charts and graphs of any podcast. Whenever I feel down, Stu makes me feel better knowing that Andrew Cuomo is awful.com and Chris Cuomo is worse.com.